Hello, welcome to the episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Uh, on the uh, episode today, I've got we've got our first timer. Don't always have a first timer nowadays. <laughs> we've done a few of these, which means that some people are repeat, some people are intentionally repeated, like Andrew Daly on his regular legal updates. Um, uh, but today we have new territory for Claire Povey. Claire, thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting us, I think. <laughs> uh, okay, Claire's, Claire's been um, dropping lots of like slightly kind of trepidatious statements ahead <laughs> of me pressing record on this, but um, I'm sure it'll all be fine. So let's start off with some easy questions. Um, what job do you currently do and where? I hope it's an easy question. It is. It's a bit of a mouthful. So um, I am currently the commercial director at a, a company called uh, City Hospitals Independent Commercial Enterprises Limited, which is um, choice for short. Um, where Thank goodness. Sub- I know, exactly. <laughs> and we're a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. So when I have to put that all together, I'm always grateful My for the short job title. <laughs> My goodness. Um, I just, I just, I, I, I made a cup of tea. <laughs> in preparation for this podcast and what it was is i i timed it wrong and the time at which it was at the correct temperature for me to actually start drinking the tea as we started recording this and uh, you did very well to ignore the fact that i just did a massive as i was doing it you did that very well um yeah i must admit i'm, I'm delighted that it's called um uh choice yeah uh, no, it's choice um uh, so before we um, have a little chat about what you're doing there at the moment, um, let me take you back to the beginning. Uh, this is the bit where usually what happens when people are on this for the first time. I say, how did they get into um, NSS procurement? Because obviously you were with trust before. Um, and generally speaking, they tend to say, well, I kind of sort of fell into it. Uh, are you, and am I going to get the same story here? <laughs> you definitely are. Um... Okay. <laughs> So when um, I did my GCSEs um, and decided I didn't want to stay on at school, I don't think I, um, I was a great fan of the schooling system. Um, I didn't Neither particularly like that. I had, was no, I. honestly, I, I, no, I, I didn't enjoy my time at school. Which is difficult with your kids now because you you have to sort of tell them. You have, you basically it was your to, best years of your life. <laughs> you basically have to constantly lie to you. In fact, being a parent is, you, is basically just constant lying. Exactly. <laughs> definitely it's constant um, lying yeah oh no no it gets yeah it doesn't matter if you don't like the people in your <laughs> class it does <laughs> no yeah. I definitely wasn't a fan and um yeah. and I had I was doing like Saturday jobs and things and it was it just like studying and work and I was a bit like oh I don't know if I can be bothered with this for another sort of through sixth form and then on to university um so I decided to apply for like apprenticeships or um I think there were YTSs back in the day um and I applied for a couple of different places, so Northumbria Police, not as a police officer in, in admin. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just sort of mm. like broadly went around sort of applying for different things. Um, but my dad worked at Newcastle City Council, and um, I think he was probably a little bit disappointed that I wasn't continuing on my educational journey. Yeah. Um, so he knew what was the chief buyer at the, that point in time at the, at the council, and they were looking for an apprentice um, and they were sort of focused on someone. Not It was an admin role, mm. but they were focused on somebody that they wanted to do a train up. So my dad sort of um, 
did a bit of negotiation with us to try and get us to apply for this job. So I basically said if I applied for the job and got it, I didn't have to pay board for the first 12 months um, and he would contribute towards me driving lessons. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so, you, so, that's not so, so you're already negotiating. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, so I started with on a good sort of note for it. So yeah, so I applied for that and um and and got offered that job. So started in 1997, I think it was in um what was called City Bay, <laughs> um which was part of City Works at Newcastle City Council. Um, and then I stayed in local authority for. I mean, I was at Newcastle Council for about ten years. In fact, I thought I was probably going to like retire there <laughs> at that point in time. You know, people did in those days; they didn't yeah. move around. Um, so I stayed there for 10 years and then ended up applying for a job at Northumberland County Council, just as this, um, the council was sort of merging with all the district councils, bring them all together into a sort of yeah. unitary authority. Um, and I worked there for a couple of years and then went to Northumbria University. So I did a little stint in higher education. Um, I wasn't overly keen on that. I found it a, a, a bit of an interesting environment to work in. Um from where I'd come from, sort of in the, the local authorities. So I think I was only there about 18 months. Um, and then applied for a job at Northumbria Healthcare in 2011. And that was sort of my first um, experience in the NHS. Um, yeah. And worked through, so I've worked for Northumbria locally, County Durham and Dalton, NHS Foundation Trust. And then I had a little stint at um, Collaborative Procurement Partnership um, when it was there for part of NHS Supply Chain, the Category Towers. Um, and then back into a local trust, which I joined in January this year. So I haven't been with um, Choice for very, for very long. How have you found the, the difference then between being in a trust and being in this wholly owned subsidiary of Choice? Um, <laughs> I would definitely be calling it Choice yeah, you can forever <laughs> now. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it is different in terms of sort of so I, you know I I think I'm probably in a quite a fortunate position because I sit on the choice board, so um I I have got a sort of a seat at the table from a procurement perspective, um but we only need to focus on we've got estates and facilities in the company we've got pharmacy and procurement so very much sort of the focus of the company is on those sort of um, areas rather than it being sort of the wider you know if you sat on a trust board and it's all the clinical side. Um, it's other than that it's pretty much the same you know we're providing mm -hmm. a service back into the trust and and I guess for some people it might have made a difference if you were I don't know if you considered yourself just to be a department that was there mm -hmm. but I've always been sort of customer focused and therefore I've always tried to run the procurement team as a service that you know adds value um, and brings something to the table so I think for me it's sort of like with that customer focused hat on it's not made it too different coming at the subsidiary company because you know we have got a commercial contract with the trust and yeah. um, we are held to kpis um there obviously is a, a contractual charge involved um and i'm always mindful of that and obviously try to make sure that the service we are providing is reflective of the you know what the trust are paying for the service etc so um it is different but you know, we do work closely with the organisation. So, you know, my relationship with finance is probably not too dissimilar to the relationship that a normal procurement department that was done the trust would have. Um, and the same with the clinical teams. We still have our battles in terms of, um, yeah. you know, some of the decisions that are made. Um, but, you know, all in all, it's sort of like, I think everybody's involved in it for the benefit of the, the NHS and I guess the patients that uh, come through the door. So, 
think if everyone keeps that in mind, it doesn't make it too different. So you're you're happy with your your, your role there? You're happy at? I am. Happy with, very, you're happy with your choice choice? I am happy with my choice of choice. Um, and yeah. I guess part of my, so my role, I look after procurement, but I'm also look after some of the commercial areas. So I haven't managed to get too involved in it yet, but one of the sort of things that attracted us to the job is I've got an opportunity to get involved in the pharmacy um, side. So looking at what, I, we, you know, we're running outpatients pharmacy. Um, so I can have a look at sort of opportunities that may present themselves in terms of that area. So that'll be exciting once I get an opportunity to get involved in it. Um, what's the feeling heading into winter? I just it's it's interesting because it's it is this weather's still pretty nice. So even though it's almost October, I, I still in my head I think it's still summer. But obviously we're coming towards that winter season. I, I was reading some stuff on the I was actually on the HSA Twitter account f- feed, which is um, at NHSBQ, if you don't know that already. And uh, there was already the usual stuff being discussed about winter coming and all that. Um, what's the what's the feel what's your feel what's the feel there about um yeah you know, I mean, difficult winter sort of thing yeah we're, all, we're sort of already preparing for um having additional beds um and i think what you know i wasn't i obviously only joined in january sort of mm-hmm. on the back end of the winter i guess if you think of it leading up to it um but people have said that the situation in terms of you know winter pressures and stepping up sort of um all the requirements to bring in additional patients, it's almost become like, a, you know, because from a choice point of view, we have to step up from a domestics porter and, and um, that type of stuff. And it's it's not really stopped. So we've ended up where we've, we've not sort of lowered our staffing levels during the, the summer. It's sort of stayed high. Um, but we are in discussions currently with the Trust about what the winter is going to bring um, and probably looking to do some refurbishment works to fit in additional beds and um, be able to, you know, have a better patient flow through the hospital. So I do think it's probably going to be another challenging um, challenging winter. I think, you know, in terms of the financial position of a lot of trust now, since we've come out of that COVID um, sort of cycle and we're getting sort of back into more business as usual, most trusts that I'm aware of are in a difficult financial position again. Um, so you can sense that sort of building up in terms of, you know, having to look at... Um, where there's opportunities to reduce costs and things so I do think we're sort of returned to a little bit more of that business as usual that like I would you know I left the NHS to go into supply chain just before Covid so this was what it was like when I left oh, <laughs> um, yeah. and I think I've missed out of that you know that Covid couple of years and then come back in and it's sort of picking back up to I was going to say that as as well because there's been you know we've all, we're hearing murmurings about Covid and, and not not just on the rise because I mean obviously it's something that we have to live with now and uh and we all do don't we I mean if someone sort of gets yeah. it you just everyone just treats it as you have to obviously yeah um as uh, a form of flu um yeah. but you know we hear about things like oh this one's you know this one's quite this strain's a bit tricky and what have you is there much concern about that or is it just or is it just well no it's we're just got to deal with this as a Constantly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just become sort of part of what we we deal with, like like everything else. Um, I have noticed myself just in terms of you know people I'm in contact with. There's a lot more people saying they've got it currently. Yeah. Um, Same. And you know, yeah. working from home or sort of um, you know wearing masks and things like that. Mm. Um, 
but I've not heard anything that would suggest that there's a concern about that. I think probably at the moment, like we're looking up to step up, back up elective care and get that sort of get through any backlogs and things, um, which is probably where we're sort of focused. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, I think COVID's probably one of the things that we're just starting to live yeah. with now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't, I don't want to dwell on COVID because I spent so much when we first started when we first started this podcast podcast uh podcast I don't know podcast COVID cast. <laughs> it actually was a COVID cast because like everything of course uh was centered around that yeah for topic of probably topic, about the first it? year or something um one thing that people who are who get and I hope everyone reads the weekly newsletter that we that we send out it goes out every week it used to go out on a sort of a Friday midday we tend to send it out on a Thursday afternoon because we know some people you know Friday Friday but <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, one of the things we have in there is a Q and a um the first five questions are in the newsletter and then you click through to your members area to see the rest of them uh and I think in the so it depends when this podcast goes out, but basically you just recently did the Q and A in yeah. there. It was a very good Q and A. Um, one of the things that I thought was of interest was I could tell that something that you was quite passionate about was the fact that you mentioned the fact of um, being pregnant at eighteen, yeah, and and the reaction of uh, people around you. I'm guessing sort of family, friends, and whoever, and busybodies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, giving the usual stuff. It's your story. I'll let you tell it. But it was very clear to me uh, what I liked about that Q and A was the fact that you could see you were very passionate about, um, you know, not, you know, not kind of conforming to what people <laughs> think around you when that happens can you tell me a little bit about about that at the time yeah so I mean I probably more if any most people that know is would say because I class myself as a quiet rebel yeah (laughs) so you know I'm not in anyone's space I'm I'm in I'm probably an introvert well I am an introvert at heart so I I would I do things quietly but I generally if I don't feel like something's right I will sort of rebel against it in the background (laughs) very quietly to get me own way but yeah it was um so I fell pregnant when I was actually 17 um so I celebrated my 18th birthday um sober <laughs> and, um, <laughs> wasn't able to have a drink or, or officially have a drink yeah. um but yeah when I fell pregnant it was um I was still in the apprenticeship and I think because of that a lot of people thought I'd sort of written off yeah. my ability to sort of do anything with me life yeah. um so there was a lot of noise and I was just talking to someone about it the other day actually off the back of the Q&A and I was saying mm-hmm. you know back then I'm mean, my son's 24 now mm-hmm. and back then the whole thing about not being married was yes. a big thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which it seems sort of bizarre now because how yeah, many does, people yeah. live their life never getting married but have yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So there was a lot of like stigma around that and around the fact that I, I you know, I guess people just wrote us off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that sort of like quiet rebel in the background was a bit like, don't make assumptions about me. Um, yeah. You know, I think I've probably made a successful career about rebelling against assumptions that have been made about yeah. this. You know, I don't like people assuming things. Um, so I sort of, I took me, I, I think I may have got three months off maternity leave and um, I went back to sort of do my apprenticeship. Um, and then sort of straw for, do you remember, um, it was, because Dylan was born in 1999. 
So when I went back to work, it was when, when the world was going to end, when the clocks all changed. <laughs> Millennium bike. Millennium yeah. bike and the Y2K uh-huh. virus and all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So the council was Nothing doing <laughs> Nothing at all. But there was a big thing happening in the council where people were being yeah. pulled out for day-to-day jobs to work on this Y2K project. Um, so I sort of took the opportunity off the back of that to apply for a secondment for someone who was actually going into the Y2K project um, and and sort of jumped on on that. And then sort of just to prove myself. And I was really lucky, actually, because the head of procurement at Newcastle City Council, um, a guy called Jerry Paxton, was absolutely brilliant in terms of mentor and had such faith in sort of what I could do. And even before I'd had Dylan was always sort of very supportive of I guess, you know, I was probably quite, a, um, it was quite, quite probably um, fortunate in terms of, the, you know, I wasn't just left writing pro, um, purchase orders out um, and, you know, sitting filing supplier magazines yeah. that came in with trade catalogues. Um, he took us under his wing and sort of introduced us to different meetings that he was going to as the head of procurement at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of used a lot of the experience there. So when I went and said I wanted to sort of try for this to come, and he was like a huge supporter and um, give, give us the opportunity. And then from there, I sort of did, there was never anything that permanently came up at the council really that I could apply for. There was always like, you know, someone would go on maternity leave and different things. So I managed to cover several different posts, um, yeah. you know, just on a common basis. Um, so, yeah, I was probably quite lucky there, but it was, it was really challenging um, having a, young child at that point in time I'd done an NVQ and admin um, when I came back I was determined I wanted to start my procurement NVQ um, I was told there was no funding and I sort of like pushed you know still to do it so I started I ended up doing two NVQs at the same time because I spat my dummy out and said well I'll do an NVQ and admin then level three you can't <laughs> let's do procurement then they came back and said you could do that so I ended up doing my procurement level two at the same time um so it was really hard when I was going home and I had sort of a young child to, to look after. But, you know, like I say, I was quite fortunate to have a, you know, a supportive um, head of procurement who sort of give us that opportunity to sort of prove that I could could do it. Um, and I guess I've just ran with it since. And, you know, if anyone sort of um, sort of criticises, you know, I've, I've met people again who still like, like, you know, they may have kids that have, fallen pregnant young and I'm just like you know their life will be yeah. different but it's not they yeah. haven't ruined anything it's just a different path and would you say did, did you use it as a drive as a sort of drive with your career yeah. do you, was it was, was it sort of oh, I'll show you definitely definitely sort of thing uh-huh. no definitely yeah. I think um if I, I like I said I think if people make assumptions about us I'm sort of mm. it, it gives us a bit of extra fire <laughs> mm-hmm. to push forward so when I ended up leaving Newcastle Council, actually, it was because um, the job at Northumberland Council had been advertised and it was advertised a second time because I don't think they'd gotten um, like any suitable candidates. And I said, oh, nobody mentioned it. And someone said, oh, well, I assumed you wouldn't be interested. Um, and that made us immediately put an application in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone once said to us, how did you get to where you are? I, was, I said, I think it's spite. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting because we work. We obviously, there's a couple of things that spring to, to mind. I think your story is really interesting, and I think it it would be it would be uh, it'd good to get you involved. I know you're you're supportive of the HSA Women's Network. It really would be you know a good idea to get you talking about that sort of stuff because it's, it's an interesting story in terms of one of those things that might come up 
Yeah. You know, things like imposter syndrome and sort of putting back there or being, I guess, put into a box because of your position and that sort of thing. Um, uh, also, we also have the future leaders leaders group bubbling away in the background. And again, in, interesting story, I think, as well, because, you know, just in terms of, you know, if you're setting out on a career path, if some things happen, doesn't necessarily mean that you, that all has to be discarded. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, I think if you, if you want something enough, you'll sort of you'll you'll overcome the sort of um, blockers and the challenges that are putting you away, and you can just keep driving forward. If you've got your your sights on where you want to end up, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean the future leaders for me is definitely something. I mean, I, I, I am interested in the women's network as well. I just haven't had the capacity yeah. to, to join it at the moment, but the future leaders is one that I definitely think because I think I was given good opportunities when I yeah I, I invested mean, in me I mean I uh you know I I sit in on those those meetings and one of the things when we're, we're getting we're kind of um heading towards this kind of fully formed um launch if you like for the winter conference which is November 29th Manchester Central um and one of the things we want to do is obviously is webinars around it um, and I said before in the meeting, I just think what would be really good is there's nothing better than being able to just hear from people who've gone through, had to go through some hoops in order to get to, to where they have, you know. So um, I think that would be, you know, great to get you involved no, in stuff like that. No, definitely. Um, definitely happy. I just think that, you know, when you've got people who are keen and eager, um, it's about getting them into the right places to have the right mm. opportunities to develop their understanding and and, you know, like I said, I've done, I, I was, you know, had the opportunity to do quite a lot of training. But I think the, the biggest benefits have been the exposure to situations where I've yep. learned by observing and being able to see other people. Um, you know, I think sometimes we're too quick to say somebody's in, I don't know, a purchasing or a map man role and this is their role. But, you know, sharing the bigger picture, mm. getting them to shadow other areas, having them understand, getting them involved in projects is the way that people develop and get that sort of spark for procurement yeah. you know i'm sure i've writing purchase orders the whole time and like i say filing trade catalogs i would never have perhaps got the sort of passion for it that i did but yeah through going to other meetings you know about things like telecoms and yeah, <laughs> printers absolutely. and stuff like that but um but yeah it's definitely um i think you know i try to encourage in my team for people to sort of have that bigger picture like i say and get out and about and see what's going on in the organization um because that's how you learn Absolutely. Well, look, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm now gonna whisk you towards the desert island, as we do <laughs> on people and it's their first time on the podcast. Um Desert Island Supplies part of the uh, episode, as regular listeners will know. Um and I know that you did a bit little bit of prep. You've, you've <laughs> podcast before, so you know what's coming. I do. Um, so I assume you can always tell if someone's thought about it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, and the so the first question is, what luxury item are you going to be taking away with you? So I think it's going to be my hair diffuser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw when I said, um, you know, what the weather is not, you know, if it's wet mm-hmm. weather, it's not great for my hair. It sort of um, <laughs> sets it off frizzy. But yeah, I can't. Um, I can't. You know, I've always said it's the one thing I wear every day of my life, and that's all. <laughs> I yeah. tend to look after it, but yeah, yeah. I like a bit of volume in it. I don't like a big yeah. head. <laughs> That's something I have a problem with. Um, <laughs> can't can't say, uh, you know, if I could name one luxury item, I wouldn't take to a desert. I know it would definitely be a hair diffuser. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so that's your luxury item. What? Let's look at what music you take, what album, what. So I've, I was, this is one where I was struggling a little bit because I'm not. So I like I don't I didn't um oh God NHS England asked us to do a um question and answer earlier in the year and I've really struggled to come up with the music because I quite so I'm into like dance music so it's yeah. not like you really get an album it's more like you just follow sure. DJ um sure. that's that's fine that's so fine. at the moment there's a um a, 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 they're called Anjuna Deep. Um, which is sort of a variety of DJs, but all have a sort of similar sort of tone to them. So I would probably take one of theirs. They tend to last for longer as well. That's yeah. the one thing, because it's not just short songs. Yeah. They tend to go on for a lot longer. But yeah, enjoy listening to those. And me and my husband have been to a couple of events recently um, to listen to it live, which has been really good. So that's your music. Uh, so what film are you going to take? One well, film you can watch for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not really into films, but I do like a box set. Um, okay. And again, I think that would keep us going a bit longer because the tend yeah. to be over period. I'll allow um, Some people have picked box sets before. Yeah, so I'm going to say Game of Thrones. I did enjoy it. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. That would keep um, me going for like, that's quite a lot of hours. It is a lot of hours. And um, obviously, um, I'm excited because they've got uh, snow coming out on New Year's Day. Um, is that definitely is coming it? out? I mean, I'm a well, huge I... fan of Game of Thrones and Jon Snow is my favourite character. So that was, you know, yeah. if that's definitely happening, that would be brilliant. Yeah, apparently on New Year's Day. So normally I'm kicking up a fuss about wanting to stay out for a drink on New Year's Day, but I think no, I'm going to be, have to come be settling down for that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely but um but no john snow's one of my favorites as well so yeah definitely okay well that's brilliant um claire thank you very much for finding the time to join me today it's been great talking to you we definitely will get you, you. involved in those things that we that we spoke no, about that'd be really good and um and yeah just thank you for finding the time brilliant thank you very much thanks for having okay. us okay and that uh concludes this episode i hope you can join me next time on the supply cast bye